What is up, everybody, and how's it going? I'm Alex Goldstick, and you are listening to the Spring Forward Podcast. The buzz in the NFL world over the past couple of weeks involves the integration of the league's newest talent into pro clubs. That includes the draft and unsigned free agents that get invited to NFL minicamps that are taking place this week and next. Many Spring League players from this past season have gotten or are about to get their NFL shots. Stay tuned to the Spring League social media accounts to see where those guys are ending up. One of those players, and today's podcast guest, is Matrick Belton. Belton is a wide receiver out of South Carolina who will be heading to rookie minicamp with the Eagles later this week. Let's get to the interview. Matrick Belton is a wide receiver out of the University of South Carolina. The Columbia, South Carolina native was with the Spring League in Austin last month as a member of Team East, and shortly after the Spring League wrapped up, was invited to rookie minicamp with the defending Super Bowl champion, Philadelphia Eagles. Matrick, welcome to Spring Forward. How's it going, man? Thank you for having me. The Spring League is obviously extremely excited for you to get your NFL shot, um, but as we do on Spring Forward, we're going to go through your story chronologically, uh, and we'll hit your shot with the, with the Eagles at the end. Um, but you're from Columbia, South Carolina, where the University of South Carolina is located. Uh, so while it may seem like you've always been there, you actually began your college career at Hampton University in Virginia, uh, which is an HBCU with a Division One FCS program. Uh, so tell us, like, what was the recruiting process like for you out of high school, and how did you end up picking Hampton? Man, to be honest with you, man, I went to Keenan High School. It's a 2A high school, which doesn't receive that much uh, attention from college programs. So out of high school, I really had two offers, which was from Hampton University and South Carolina State. And uh, I mean, honestly, it just came down to those two. I mean, South Carolina State felt like home because my dad went there, but I kind of wanted to branch out and do my own thing. So I ended up committing to Hampton University in 2012. Yeah, your freshman year was 2012. Um, you caught four passes for the, the Hampton Pirates that year and then didn't see any action in 2013 before transferring to South Carolina. Um, so you spent two years at Hampton. How do you sum up your Hampton career and your time in Virginia? Man, uh, Hampton, it was a very interesting, uh, interesting process, man. When I came in as a true freshman, I actually was starting the first couple games. And then, um, the way the season was panning out, the coaches actually, we had five, in my whole tenure at Hampton University, I had five different offensive coordinators. Even halfway through the season with fine coaches left and right. So it was, it was, it was a mess. So, um, halfway through my freshman year, I wasn't playing as much, nearly even getting any playing time. And, uh, it was kind of placed on my heart to transfer right after my freshman year. Um, but man, I kind of got scared to be honest with you because I wanted to transfer to South Carolina. So instead of, you know, making that move, I went back to Hampton University. And then when I went back, man, everything went wrong. Uh, I lost my starting spot again. I pulled my hamstring, and I wasn't even traveling the first couple of games of the season. Then uh, we actually played South Carolina State, I want to say the fourth game of the season, and I was supposed to start. I worked my way back up the depth chart, and something crazy happened right before the game, and um, I didn't play the game at all. So after that game, I decided, man, I just I quit the team, and um, I transferred to South Carolina, man. It was, it was, it was rough, man. I had to tell my coach, you know, you know, I appreciate the opportunity, but, um, I'm going to leave this program and I'm going to walk on at the University of South Carolina where they pretty much laughed at me and told me that, uh, you know, I just played my last down football and everything, but it was just motivation, man. It's 
I'm glad it happened. Everything happened the way it did for a reason. If anything, I just wish I would have left sooner right after my freshman year. So you do transfer to South Carolina, which is effectively home, um, and you have to walk onto the football team. So were, when you did transfer, were you given any assurances that you'd be able to play, or were you ready to end your football career and sort of just transition into being a normal college student? Well, I had no assurances that I was going to be able to play again. Honestly, just completely relied on faith. Um, I got into the word pretty good. And, um, man, so I made this move and, uh, I walked straight up to the coach's office. At the time, Steve Spurrier was the head coach. So, of course, I couldn't get into his office, but I actually went to his son's office. His name is Steve Spurrier Jr. And, um, I walked to him, mm-hmm. introduced myself. Hello. My name is Matrick Belton. I'm from Columbia, South Carolina. I went to Keenan High School. I'm transferring from Hampton University. I'm here to play wide receiver. And then he looked at me. You know, I'm a pretty big guy, six three and a half. So he said, "Oh yeah, well make sure, make sure you know you attend the school. Then you know trials at this so and so date, what's uh, whatsoever." Then um from there, man, honestly everything just clicked perfectly. Um, it was really a blessing. You joined the team. You ultimately ended up joining the team in January of 2014. Um, which due to the team's success and future number one overall pick, Jadavion Clowney, there were definitely a lot of eyes on Columbia, South Carolina then. Did that have anything to do with your transfer there, or did just being a Columbia native draw you back home? Um, a bit of both. Um, growing up <clears throat> in high school, man, I'm watching, yeah, well, South Carolina had three back-to-back 10-plus win seasons. So, man, they was hot. They had Alshon, Stephon Gilmore, Marcus Lattimore, Clowney, like you said, Connor Shaw. So I always wanted to stay home. It just so happened that they never offered me out of high school. They didn't even know where Keenan was, to be honest. We just 20 minutes down the street. So transferring there, um, yeah, I, I knew what I was getting myself into. Matter of fact, at the time when I was walking onto the team, South Carolina was number four in the nation at the time before the 2015 season started, before the 2014 season started, I right. believe. Right. And were you a Gamecocks fan growing up? Was it a, was it a very natural fit to be part of the team? Definitely. I always wanted to play for the Gamecocks. Now, all NCAA transfers have to sit out for a season. Um, and after transferring, your most notable college season was in 2015, which was Steve Spurrier's last year. Um, he actually resigned six games into the season after getting off to a 2-4 and four start. Um, but what kind of memories do you have playing for a Hall of Fame coach like him? Uh, Steve Spurrier, man, love the man to death. I'm so grateful for him because ultimately he was the one who extended me the opportunity to get on the field and play like I did. But the biggest thing I learned from him was pretty much, man, have confidence in your ability and be the best at what you're good at. So with that being said, I'm a big receiver. Like play big, you know what I mean? Be physical, you know, attack the ball, do what big receivers do. You know, the men and I try to, you know, convert my skill set to be like a small receiver. You know, I'm losing who I truly am. So, you know, there's value in who you are. You just got to play the game like that. So, man, he, he, Steve Spray was the type of guy, he didn't really overcomplicate it. You know, he'll tell you what the play was. We'll run it until we get it right. And then we move on to the next play. You know what I mean? Kind of a nonchalant, you know, attitude, but it was effective. Right. Now, like you said, when you, when you arrived on campus, South Carolina is you know, at one of the highest points they've been in recent memory. Um, but from a team perspective, 2015 was a low point for the program, um, coming off years of success, but it's the season where you saw the field the most. Uh, what was the experience like going from uh, an FCS 
run program at Hampton to the SEC? Well, um, to be honest with you, it was it was a great opportunity for me because of the mere fact I realized that football is football. You know, at Hampton University, like I said, I started, you know, the first small part of my freshman year where then ever since then I was a backup and fighting for reps. Whereas when I went to South Carolina, which is an SEC program, you know, you know, everybody knows who South Carolina is and realizing, you know, this same guy who was fighting for reps at a division one double A FCS HBCU school, where his way up to start at an SEC program. I mean, South Carolina wasn't at the top of his game at the same time. You know, Saturdays, I'm competing against, you know, stars from Tennessee, Florida, Georgia, et cetera. So um, I was amongst some greats. So, I mean, just seeing that football is football and, you know, um, kind of like that Steve Spurrier mindset, just don't overcomplicate things. You know, just go play ball and let the rest take take care of itself. So that was, that was a huge, a huge um, moment for me, just realizing just having confidence in myself. Just play ball. Now, in that season, which was your redshirt junior year, um, you caught 11 balls. Uh, just so people can go look it up on YouTube, what's what's the one catch you're most proud of uh, in that season? Uh, my favorite catch is probably my most painful catch ever. Uh, it was against Florida. I want to believe against Quincy Wilson. I had a slant route where Perry Orth just threw me a high ball across the middle. And I went up and got it with no regard of who was in front of me. And a uh, guy caught me right in the ribs, man. I mean, out pretty good. Took the air out of my body, but I held on to the ball. And it was it was a good catch. But my favorite catch because it just shows, man, got strong hands. <laughs> now, we, we talked about playing for, for Coach Spurrier, um, but you were also at the South Carolina program uh, when Will Muschamp took over. It was his second SEC head coaching job. Um, after having been at Florida, and he also spent one season as Auburn's defensive coordinator uh, immediately before he took the South Carolina job. So uh, talk to us about what it's like to be at a major college program that's undergoing that kind of coaching change, especially with the magnitude of the names involved. Yeah, I think uh, my senior year, that was my senior year when all this was taking place. Um, I kind of learned the business side of the game where you can't really take a lot of things personal. You know what I mean? Uh, Muschamp came in with intentions of bettering the program, doing what was best for South Carolina. And result of that, I felt like I caught the short end of the stick because he was preparing for the future. But me being a senior on my way out of the program, it kind of made more sense for him to go and kind of play his recruits. And then on top of that, I was missing practices because I was trying to graduate with my major. So, um, yeah, it hit me hard, especially – while that season was taking place, man, I was I was upset. You know what I mean? Uh, I was what second leading returning receiver coming into the season, but um, I mean, I feel like I had to grow up, realize, you know, he's he's a good person. You know, it wasn't a personal shot towards me. He's doing what's best for the program, but from here, I got to do what I have to do to and try to extend my career as far as possible. So ever since then, I just kind of approached the game with a new mindset realize it's bigger than me sometimes and that final season at South Carolina you did play and you did graduate so congratulations um but you saw the team you saw the field mostly as a special teamer uh you know right. now going into your pro career does 
looking back on that that final season in college, do you sort of see the value in, in special teams more? I mean, I know that's always preached, uh, you know, in NFL locker rooms that the way onto a team is through special teams, but you sort of had to go through it in college. Do you think that's a valuable experience? Definitely, man. Um, and we took so much pride in special teams, especially my senior year under Coach Muschamp. Um, our special teams coordinator is Coach Hutzler. Man, the drills he had us doing, and, and we would spend probably 30 minutes of practice on special teams alone. So so I learned how to really take pride in that. And, I mean, it's mainly effort, but technique can take you far away as well. And now me coming and making this transition to the NFL, I feel like that's going to give me, you know, a huge plus side, you know, a huge advantage to making that roster and um, making myself more valuable as a as a player. So, man, I'm so grateful for that. So we're at the point now where someone might be thinking, how does a receiver with 15 total receptions in college, if you combine Hampton and South Carolina, get an invite to an NFL minicamp? Um, you participated in South Carolina's Pro Day in 2017 and went undrafted. Uh, we'll get to the Spring League and how the Spring League fits into that story in a minute, um, but you've had some chance encounters that I've read about with some influential Philadelphia Eagles while you were in South Carolina. Uh, so talk to me about those and, and uh, how you got the invite to Eagles camp. Man, to be completely honest with you, with you, man, this whole process has been completely ordained by God. By saying that, like, none of this is going to happen without him. And I'll tell you why, man. So it starts way back. And I had a dream. This is after Pro Day of 2017. And I'm just knocking on doors, knocking on doors. Mm-hmm. And it's different NFL teams, right? It's Green Bay Packers and Patriots. And I'm knocking. They open in and say, there's no room for you. There's no room. And eventually I knock on the Philadelphia Eagles door and the door opens and, uh, God tells me, say, what you want? I said, my name is Matthew Bell and I want to play football. He says, you serious? I'm like, yeah. He said, come on in. And I walk through the door onto a grass mm-hmm. field. Literally, this is a dream I had over a year ago. And probably a couple of weeks after that, I'm supposed to meet my buddy at the indoor facility at South Carolina. And I actually, he doesn't show up. But I'm there, I'm just stayed, and I'm working out. And I actually ran into Alshon Jeffrey. He was outside. <laughs> so who also went to everybody. South Carolina. <laughs> yeah, Alshon Jeffrey, uh, for those who don't know, he's um, a current receiver for the Philadelphia Eagles. He played at South Carolina. And he had just signed his deal with the Eagles for $14 million a couple of weeks prior to when I met him. And uh, I was like, man, that's confirmation right there. So I walked straight up to him. You know, we were just talking. And I asked him if it's cool if I train with him. He's like, yeah, of course. So I'm training with Alshon for a couple of weeks. And uh, um, everything's good, man. Just learning from him, learning little tricks, you know, little things about playing. Big, you know, big receivers can use to their advantage and stuff like that. Then one day he tells me, you know, let's, let's, uh, let's work out in the weight room mm-hmm. before we uh, come to the indoor. Just meet me there about 8 o'clock. And then um, we work out. Like, okay, cool. Of course. And then... um. So I showed up the next day at eight o'clock and outside wasn't there. My side, he didn't show up to like 10 or 11. So I'm sitting there waiting, just talking to my old teammates and everything. And eventually I see Deuce Staley. Deuce Staley walks in <laughs> to the weight room and I got to backtrack a little bit. I'm coaching at airport high school, a local high school at this time. And it happens to be the same high school that Deuce Staley played football at. And Deuce Staley so, is a, an Eagles legend and current Eagles coach. Yeah, current Eagles coach, running back coach. He's actually now, I believe, the offensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles. 
And um, the only reason I truly know what Deuce Staley looks like is because I'm coaching at his alma mater and there's pictures up of him and the coach is talking about him all the time. So when I see him, I know exactly who he is. And, you know, I approach him with, hey, what's going on, Deuce? Uh, you know, I'm actually coaching at your former high school. And he was, he was real receptive to that. So, oh, yeah, man, what's going on? And he starts talking. He says, hey, I want to show you a few plays that you can give the boys. So I'm like, cool. He says, walk with him to his car. So I'm walking with Deuce. I'm thinking, he doesn't even know I'm about to drop this bomb on him right quick. <laughs> Let him know I'm really trying to play ball. You know, this whole coaching thing is just temporary. So we walk into his car. He draws up this play. He's like, yeah, man, just shoot that to your coach. No, no, this is how you run the read option or whatever it was. And I said, hey, Deuce, this is nice, man. But to be honest with you, um, I just did my pro day, you know, like a month prior. And um, I really want to play ball. He's like, no, I'm not asking for any handouts, but is there anything that you could do? He said, so you serious? I'm like, yeah, I'm dead serious. He said, I'll tell you what, man, write down your information, write down your games the best games uh, that you played in. I said, well, I don't really have any films from my senior year. That's when the coaching change happened. You know, I have to take you back all the way to 2015. He said, that's fine, man. Just write them down. And anything you have on special teams as well, write down those games. So I said, okay, cool. I wrote down everything. Then uh, he asked me to text him. He gave me his number right then. I texted him. He texted me back. Okay, cool, man. So now from this point, I feel like I have an inside, you know, I met it. It's ordained, man. Like, I know I'm going to play for the Eagles, but nothing really happened. Nothing really happened, and I'm just sitting there waiting. I think that kind of brings us to the spring league part where um, I signed up for the spring league. Right. So, take how, um, so how'd you find out about it? I mean, don't, how'd you find out about the spring league? And then ultimately, how'd you find out you got accepted to play in it? Because, you know, one thing that the spring, the spring league provides a lot, but one thing that it really provides, especially for someone in your position, is getting back on tape. I mean, you hadn't had game tape um, at your natural position in more than a year, right? So, um, right. yeah, take us through that spring league, uh, how you found out about it, and then how you got accepted into it. Well, actually, I found out about the spring league from my close buddy, David Olson. And David Olson, he also played quarterback. He was on the East team uh, for for the spring league. David played at Stanford, Clemson. He has an awesome testimony. Um, and we're actually training together at this place called Apex back in Columbia, South Carolina. So he walks in one day. He has on his Ravens gear. And I'm like, yeah, my name is David. I play quarterback. I'm like, cool. My name is Madrick. I'm training for the NFL. But at that point, all I knew was I was training. And I didn't really have any goals, any next events that I was planning to uh, head towards or anything like that. So we just kind of linked up, man, and it was perfect. It's perfect because he plays quarterback. I play receiver. He's just running routes, running routes all the time, just making sure we were ready. And eventually, he, uh, he heard about the opportunity of the spring league. Then um, he said, man, this might be exactly what he needs and me as well, which is to get on film and get in front of NFL scouts. So I'm like, definitely. So he got signed up almost immediately as he reached out to Brian Woods. And then um, he actually gave me uh, – a shout out to Brian Woods. Like, hey, this is a receiver from South Carolina, and uh, he's a big guy. He can go get the ball. There was anything you can do for him. And um, so I called Brian Woods, and David had already told Brian about who I was, and it kind of just clicked from there, man. And that's how I got in. That's how I found out about it. So, so take us through that experience on the ground in Austin. I mean, how do you think it it uh, benefit you, and what was it like being there? Uh, it was awesome in the mere fact that 
there are so many people in similar positions that I was in that uh that it wasn't really as much competition as it was just being grateful for the opportunity, man. Like, you know, being able to learn from some of the veterans, some of the old heads like Stephen Hill and Joe Anderson, those type of guys. Um, just seeing what these guys were once key contributors to NFL rosters. And I'm learning, I'm watching what they do in practice. You know, I'm seeing like, okay, I could definitely do this. Then they just spread that knowledge, man. It was, it was an awesome opportunity. And then, um, man, and the crazy thing is one of the, one of the most, one of the best parts about the whole spring league was, man, every evening we had Bible study with a guy named Matt. He was the equipment manager. We had Bible study, man. So we'll play ball. Um, you know, we have practice in the mornings. We have meetings and everything that we we'll meet. We meet as, you know, as men and we'll, we'll talk about our faith and everything with Matt. And that really helped put a lot of things into perspective for us. So I think that was awesome, man. It was the spring league was ran, man. Nearly perfectly, man. There's no complaints. Set is good. Stayed in the hotel. And um, really shout out to Brian Woods for that, man. I appreciate him and uh, giving the opportunities to people like myself and a guy named Max Davis, man. He was a good person as well. It's, um, it's just it's just awesome, awesome opportunity. So you were on Team Easton Austin, like we said. Um, you're obviously on a team with, with your friend and Matt Olson, but you're also with fellow South Carolina alums, Wes Saunders and Gerald Dixon. Uh, did you know either of those guys before you got to Texas? And what was the South Carolina connection like there? Yeah, me and Gerald Dixon were, we actually played together. I think we were both on that 2015 team that won three games. <laughs> so we was pretty cool before the spring league. I didn't know Wesley Saunders, but I knew who he was. He has pictures up around the stadium and everything. But, um, oh, yeah, the, the South Carolina connection was there. Even the Clemson-South Carolina connection was there because there was a few guys from Clemson as well. It's funny, we all came together for the sake of uh, playing ball. Yeah. Cody Gibson was there also. Is that a, friend, is that a friendly team. connection or an uh, uh, angry one? Oh, it was a friendly connection because at this point, <laughs> at this point, man, everybody's trying to extend their career as far as possible. So it was good to see some familiar faces. Uh, the Spring League wrapped up on April 12th, so just under a month ago. So take us through, what does the timeline look like since the, since the final Spring League game ended to getting that mini camp invite from the Super Bowl champs? Okay, so um, after Spring League ended, I had already collected all my film. Like every day I would, you know, uh, record the film how I needed it. So after Spring League was over, I went to my house and got my laptop and uh, kind of put together a highlight video with all all the highlights that I thought were pretty much the best ones. And from there, man, I really just represented myself, sending out my own film to every team that I could, um, every contact that I ever had um, possible. And, um, of course, they included Deuce Daly. And when I sent him to Deuce, uh, he asked me how tall I was, what was my 40 time, and uh, I responded back. And then um, he hit me up probably you know, a couple weeks later. He asked me... Um, he told me actually there's no more room available, but um he'll see what he can do. And then um he hit me back a couple of days later. He called me actually and said, Are you a rookie? I'm like, Yes, I've never played, I've never been on the NFL roster before. And he said, well, Good man, congratulations. Mm-hmm. We'll find you up to the Eagles rookie minicamp. Probably one of the best days of my life ever, man. Just knowing, man, how far the journey was and how far it came. And that Man, that dream came to fruition, man. And just keeping that faith, 
keep persevering. It was it was awesome. So I'm really appreciative to that, and I'm ready to go to Philly on Thursday and make the most out of this opportunity. What are you most looking forward to showing off about your skill set in Philly on the NFL level? And I want to show truly how good I am. I mean, it's one thing to see me on film, but I feel like it's a whole other thing to see my presence, see how big I am, see how smooth I am with my routes and how explosive I can be. And I feel like once I get in front of the right eyes, man, it's gonna, it's really going to show. And I'm excited to finally get that opportunity. And um, man, I'm excited to just see how far the story how far, uh, how far the story goes, man. It's just been a blessing. Yeah, and, and I'm I'm very excited for you. And then last question, just to wrap it up, and you mentioned your friendship with David Olsen. Uh, David actually got hurt during the Spring League. He missed the second game and had to go home with a, a leg or a foot injury. Uh, have you talked to him, and do you have any health updates on how he's doing? Yeah, man, I talk to David almost daily. Um, he's still in a boot, but, man, David, he's such a man of character and faith, man. He's, he's not even, you know, down about it. You know, he's doing other things like playing the piano and and stuff like that, keeping his spirits up. And ultimately, man, he feels like he's fulfilled his purpose. He's done what he could as far as giving it an opportunity or giving it a shot. He's ready to see what else life has in store for him. And I'm sure that's going to work out for him. Well, we wish the best for his health, so so let him know that from us. And, uh, you know, best of luck to you. Uh, you know, a, a wonderful opportunity in Philly for you. And, uh, you know, we hope you can make the most of it and thrive while you're there. Yes, sir. I appreciate you, Alex. All right. That will bring us to the end of episode 14. Best of luck to Matrick as he gets his first chance at pursuing his NFL dream later this week. Big shout out to all those Spring League players that have been getting invites and signing. We're watching closely at Spring Forward and support you fully. Follow the Spring League on social media at the Spring League on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find me on Twitter at AGStick and on Instagram at ThisIsMyOtherIG. All music was provided to the Spring Forward podcast by Joshua Rosner. We'll be back with an all-new episode soon. Later. Later.